Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. In today's episode of LinkedIn Smart Podcast, we will chat with a great LinkedIn practitioner. She has been on the platform, well, forever, and she will be sharing her vast experiences with how to create great content and engage with your audience. All the way from Blackburn in England, Luisa van Vessen. Uh, thank you very much for uh, giving us your time and sharing sharing. Um your time with us today on episode of LinkedIn Smart Podcast. It's absolutely awesome to have you here. No, thank you so much, Vitek. I'm so excited. I love talking about LinkedIn, so I can talk about it all day long. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have a plenty of time uh, today. So let's uh, let's start. And let's, uh, I always start with uh, with the first question, and that is, how have you started with LinkedIn? So I joined LinkedIn in 2007. Um, I was being made redundant at the time, and People were saying, join LinkedIn. And I was a bit like, what is LinkedIn? You know, I was a little bit dubious. It was probably a similar time I was joining Facebook. And it was just all this whole new world of social media that I'd never ventured into before. Um, so I joined. And for me, it was a way of keeping in touch with ex-colleagues. Um, and then probably around 2009, 10, I decided it was a great way of actually gathering testimonials from people so that you know if I left a job or they did and then when it came to moving on to my next job if I needed to get a testimonial um, and someone had moved on it was an, always a nightmare to try and get hold of these people so I figured that was kind of a good way of using it. Um, fast forward to about 2011 and I joined a, a small company um, and they um, part of my role was the HR and recruitment so I decided that I would use the platform to try and build up the reputation of the business, try and attract the right people. Um, and the company, it specialized in designing guitar amplifiers. So it was in the music industry. It was a little bit different. The people I worked with were like, LinkedIn's never going to work. You're not going to find guitarists on a platform like LinkedIn. You know, it's a CV platform. It's corporate. You're not going to find it. Let's just say I proved them wrong. Um, so, you know, I then started to get involved in the Connect groups. I built up their company page. Um, it was about finding, you know, using those keywords of just putting guitarists in. And lo and behold, there are all these guitarist groups on LinkedIn. Because at the end of the day, people that go on to use LinkedIn, they are people. It's not just all about work. It's about that work and play. Um, so I was using it for a headhunting basis. And then in 2017, I launched my own business. And of course, that meant that I had to start marketing myself. Um, so throughout this time, you know, I'd become familiar with LinkedIn. I was creating posts already um, from the business I used to work at, which were a little bit less formal than probably most people are used to, you know, showing videos of guitarists wasn't exactly the norm back then. Um, so when it came to launching my own business, it was finding my feet because it, it was that almost that scary moment where I'd always been myself, but it was about me and it was putting my head on the line, which was that little bit daunting. Um, so from there, I gradually started to understand the platform, playing around with it a little bit more, seeing what worked, what didn't work. And it was about building those relationships up. And that was kind of a key part for me. And it always had been was this creating those relationships and building on those from there. Hmm. And that's where it kind of takes us from today. Um, but around 2018, I started to share a lot of what my findings were in terms of just what I found worked on LinkedIn. And I slowly started to mentor people on how to use the platform towards the end of that year and thereafter. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's a fantastic story. And uh, I can hear a lot of experiences along the way because uh, you really use the platform um, almost to the T, I would say, you know, so yeah. you, you, you should know it inside out. So that, that, um, that really, um, that really intrigues me to, to ask you, um, actually, you know, when you, when you were doing the job with your, um, with the, with the guitar is with the guitar company, uh, guitar amplifiers, actually you mentioned, right. That, um, what was, what was exactly your strategy? What, when, where did you start? What did you do? You know, because I think that will be really interesting for other business owners to figure out, you know, how to actually use LinkedIn and what to do. You know, what are the first steps? You know, what did you do? 
Well, first of all, I tried to convince the people, the, uh, the founders that LinkedIn was a good idea and they were having none of it. <laughs> um, so I just decided that I was going to take it onto myself just to try to start using it. Um, so it started by me creating, obviously, the company page, because prior to that, there wasn't even a company page. Um, you know, it just kind of, I think back then, um, it just kind of formed because people were putting down that they worked for that company, uh, but nothing actually happened with it. So I took ownership of the page. And then I started to look at what was being shared on Facebook, looking at what was being talked about within the office and using that as a way of just kind of building those relationships. And because the business I worked for um, had um, suppliers um, and obviously the people selling the amps were global, you know, it seemed like the perfect opportunity to kind of create those connections because my role involved liaising with a lot of these people. So it was a great way for me to deal with the professionally but also for those people that knew nothing about the brand they could start to learn about it so you know it was about sharing information from the website so you know those key features about the products that were being sold um to share information about the key people that worked within the business and to share videos of actually people playing the products because it stood out because back then when I was using it there wasn't a lot of the content that you now see on LinkedIn it was a little bit more corporate dare I say it a little bit more formal so I guess it was a little bit refreshing to kind of see that and and it worked well especially for trying to find the right people to work for the brand hmm. uh, one one of the common common um, uh, thing which I just heard is people 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 uh, so even though you were using company page uh, uh, creating company page a lot of content what at least what I understand what what, what you said um, was people-centric post would that be fair ass assessment it was about thinking about what would appeal to people so you know I think I've all even though you know social media wasn't around say in my 20s in the same way that it is now um, so it was about thinking about what would I what would appeal to me if I was a guitarist you know what would I want to see about and it was kind of trying to put my head in the potential customer suppliers um, mindset so what would appeal to them of course you know, it's that old age, people buy from people, no like trust. So again, it came back to, yes, it was about the products, but it was all about the business story. And that was also part, a big part of the brand was about how they had formed that business and where it led to. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's really interesting because uh, I also feel that many times people, they say, well, we are posting, we're, we're putting something out there, we're putting content out there, but actually the content is kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say salesy, but sometimes, you know, it feels like you're, you're yeah. pushing some product, right? Um, rather, you what you mentioned is create a story. But uh, how to create a story? Like, a, you know, like, how did you create a story about guitar amplifiers? <laughs> I guess you have to have that interest in the first. I mean, I'm not a guitarist and I was one of the very few people that worked there that didn't play um, guitar, drums, some sort of musical instrument. Um, but it's about thinking about what's going to appeal to them. So, you know, you could create a story about, I don't know, this, um, this artist was using this product on TV. Did you see it? Um, you know, this is what's going on. There's a behind the scenes kind of the team of the R&D team are busy working on X. You know, again, it's just all those stories. Come, are you going to this festival this weekend? Come look out for us. So it's those kind of just everyday kind of conversations and the chit chat that went on within the workplace that wasn't confidential, but that you could still share on social media. Mm -hmm. um, interesting, interesting. Um, did you get any other engagement from your fellow employees, uh, fellow colleagues? Um, uh, did you engage that or... Um... They weren't interested. <laughs> it wasn't cool enough for the music industry. <laughs> ah, okay, that's 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 interesting. So, so how did you how did you manage to get any engagement on that uh, on that company page? Because people that were liking that that were fans of the brand, they were working in whatever business they were in. You know, they potentially sold the product, so they would engage, or they would just come and like the page. And then I'd also get people. Uh, wanting to connect with me personally because of the fact that you know they would see that the content would come from me um, and then they would want to connect to see if also I could give them any information about jobs that were coming up and it was a kind of that great relationship builder. Mm -hmm. um, 
actually talking about company page, even I, I didn't I didn't know that we will go this way uh, straight <laughs> from the beginning. But uh, it's really interesting because uh, some people, some other LinkedIn experts, they they keep saying that 2021 is a year where we perhaps will will see a little bit more uh, engagement on the company pages because so far it's been a bit quiet on on a, on yeah. on the company pages, right? Um, what do you think about that? I would say it's a little. I kind of agree and I kind of disagree. So I started to play around with my own company page in December by posting every day. But I think some it depends on, you know, if you're working for yourself and it's just you in the business, people do prefer to kind of connect with you as an individual. And it also depends on then what the difference is in the content that you're sharing to your company page. So it's that little bit trickier, I believe, to kind of build up that traction to keep it, the momentum going. But I think that when you have got more employees, even if it's a few of you, and you can kind of create that vibe and that almost FOMO so that, you know, you want to come and check out our company page. Yes, you can see what we're doing on our personal uh, pages, but on our company pages, this is almost like the behind the scenes stuff. This is the stuff that we're not going to share on that page. So it gives someone the reason to want to follow that page and it builds that momentum up. So I definitely think there are opportunities and I've seen some really good um, small businesses that are doing really well on that. Um, and the name has gone for me. I want to say it because it's seed something rather. And they done brilliantly at attracting people to their page and they post all sorts of random content that doesn't really necessarily have a lot to do with their business but it gets people talking and it makes them memorable and I think that's a big importance when it comes to company pages and your own personal content as well. Yeah I think so I think um, when you when you're talking about a content um, it's always important to keep in mind probably right that that our content needs to be engaging it needs to start some conversation right uh, it needs to be interesting for for the people maybe some some value value driven and and enriching in a way because otherwise you know if it's just another statement out there well how i mean are you adding any value to to the other people's life right that's it and you want to keep it interesting you want to make it that bit so it stands out a little bit more so it does yes it can have a similar vibe to what you post on your personal page but I feel it has to almost go that slightly extra mile because different people might follow your company page versus you personally hmm, that's interesting that's interesting um so uh, so um, you said that uh, you are you are experimenting with posting daily on the company pages do you see any any improvement do you see any results uh, can you share something with us so I was doing that in December and then I've been super super busy so <laughs> but it's it was also quite interesting it was I think that with my company page I haven't pushed it that much because I think I'm wanting to play around a bit and decide exactly what direction I want to go in. So I am quite analytical and strategic in my own ways. So at the moment, I'm playing to kind of see what works, what I like, what I don't like before I tend to push it that bit more. Um, but it was good because I was posting different content to what I was posting onto my personal page. Mm. I think it really all depends on um, how interesting and how engaging your content is on the company page uh, to see some some engagement and uh, uh, some numbers going up. Um, Lucia, I know that you're helping you're helping people out there, um, you know, to understand LinkedIn better and to to be better on LinkedIn. Um, tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you're helping helping people in your way. So my way is, and I know this sounds so cliche, um, but it's always to encourage people to be themselves. And for me, it's about helping people to create content and to use the platform that aligns with their own personal values. Because I think there's so, you know, I've had clients say to me before, they feel like it's really tricky to take off that corporate mask because they, you know, you become almost what's the word centralized into work in a certain way especially if you have worked in the corporate world so that when you become a business owner yourself it's really difficult to kind of make that leap um to suddenly posting about yourself without it sounding very corporate so my approach is um that the program that i've developed for myself is it's almost 12 sessions over six months and the reason that it's like that is that the first three sessions particularly about me understanding that person. So I really want to understand what makes them tick. I want to understand what their life is about, what their approach is, you know, why they even want to use social media. Is it because they feel they need to use it because someone's told them to use it? 
Is it because they want to? Is it because, you know, Joe Bloggs has said, you must do this, you must do this. And then the next few sessions are about, you know, understanding their why, what are their values, as I've mentioned, you know, what is it that they want to achieve? Is it to grow their network? Is it to attract sales? Is it to get uh, brand recognition? Is it to grow their reputation? And then also to understand more about the market that they're wanting to attract, because what I found over the years is that people get so consumed with thinking, I've got to post this many times a day, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. I don't agree, you know, I feel that it's about finding the right approach for you, for your business. And for me personally, you know, I don't have this um, mindset where I must post X number of times per week. I do it based on what works for me. So if I don't feel there's something relevant to post that day, I won't do it, you know, but what I will do is I will engage every day. So with the program that I run with my clients is I set them homework. Um, and the homework is about helping them to create content. Um, it could be like the first session is about them looking at their own stuff to see what they've done already. Then it's about saying, OK, I want you to post three times this week because more often than not, they are using LinkedIn, but they're just not using it in the right way. Mm. So it's about helping them to figure out, OK, what type of content works for them? You know, is it a case of we start to track their posts? that we can analyze to see if there's any stats? Is it a case if we look at what the themes are? Do we look at what in their posting in the day, who they're getting engagement from? Um, and it's all about that digging into that deeper detail. So I'll give them some ideas based on those kind of initial three conversations that I've had with them, understanding them because, you know, we all know it's that human touch that attracts people to our brands because again, it's that no like trust. So when I understand, often these kind of nuggets of information come out of these conversations. And I'm like, you really had to post that? And some will say, really? And I'm like, yes, because that's part of your story. That is integral to what you do. Mm. But we get so sucked into like that day-to-day -day working environment that those key points are often missed. So that's the approach. And the reason it's over such a long period is that it's about holding them accountable. It's about figuring out what's working and adjusting it over time so that gates so they get the confidence to know how to do it themselves. People don't buy what you do. People buy why you do it. I think, yeah. I think Simon Sinek is, um, is famous for this, uh, this saying, and I think it resonates very, within what you've just said. And, but uh, but I, I, would, I really want to know one thing because, you know, 12 sessions, six months, you said 12 sessions, six months, right? It's quite a long period of time. And uh, I can see that many people, you know, they're just looking for quick fixes. Um, how do you fight that? And uh, how can you, you know, how, how, will, how will you tell people that they need to sit in in a 12 sessions in six months? Do you know what? It's actually well received because of the fact that so it's the first six sessions, they're weekly, um, six, seven sessions are weekly. So those are like the first three sessions that I've mentioned. We have one session that's based on LinkedIn, another one which is about tackling those wobbles um, and every session. So from session eight seven, eight to session 12, those are almost become like brainstorming sessions and accountability because it's easy to kind of get sucked into the, yeah, Louisa's there, she's going to push me. And then a month goes on and you're starting to dwindle a little bit and struggle and think, oh, you know, I haven't got much engagement and I don't know what to do now. So then by having that call, they know that I'm going to give them grief if they haven't been posting or if they've kind of let it go or they're struggling. It's their opportunity to really kind of take back that control and to build that confidence so that they are ready to fly the nest um, and to do it themselves. Mm. So it actually does work really well. So, it's you know, it's having that almost intense period of the first six, seven weeks and it suggested based on the person. Um, I had one person who wasn't really posting and, or they were, but they weren't really sure. And they were a recruiter um, and, you know, they'd used it in a very different way. They were starting their own coaching business. So it was a very different mindset, um, but they really struggled to come up with the content themselves. They jumped from, and I, I'm not saying I recommend this, but they jumped from posting maybe once, twice, every couple of weeks, to posting a few times a day. And I was like, what's happened? But they'd got so into it and really found their feet. And then what they found really useful was knowing that, okay, in a month's time, again, we could review what they've done, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And it was almost like setting them some KPIs as to, okay, 
think about doing this. Okay, have you thought about this? And it became so much more than just, you know, LinkedIn and name, but as much about helping them with that social content creation. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. You keep talking about uh, um, content creation. I think it's extremely, extremely important. Um, uh, nowadays, we are all content creators, uh, you know, um, and more so than salespeople. As a, as a business owner, we always think about ourselves as a salespeople, but actually, as a, as a business owner, we are actually content creators, right? And we should be creating more and more content. What is the secret source um, that you have, uh, how to create really good content? So I believe it's about sharing, like I regularly share tips on LinkedIn um, and it could just be about business in general or it could be about LinkedIn. And for me, it's about sharing those everyday conversations that you have with people because it makes it relatable content. So it's thinking about, I don't know, a question that you've been asked or something that's just cropped up that you didn't even think about or it's looking at the comments that you leave on someone else's post. But my top tip to people is always to start your post with either a question or a statement because it entices people, not in a clickbait mode, but just to kind of get people to think, okay, what is this about? And then also to always, always end their post with a question and never to answer it because otherwise it makes it a closed question and people aren't going to get involved because they see it, they see the answer. What's the point in commenting? Mm -hmm. um, so... What do you, what, I mean, you, you're talking about, you're talking about the content, um, you're talking about how to, how to create the content. Um, I think, I think we, uh, as a, as a, as a people, we, we need to learn how to look for the content, you know, how to see through the day. Um, one of my friends, he was saying like, if you want to, want to live a miracles life, look for the miracles in your day. Uh, every single thing can be a miracle for you. So then you will live a miraculous life. So I think for this, in the same, same manner, if you look for the content for, for the, you know, for the post, what you can post, you will find it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I actually commented on a post on Instagram actually the other day to say that I was um, out in my garden over the weekend working hard on it. And it felt like my garden needs so much work because of all the weeds from the winter time. And it got me thinking, this is kind of like business. You have to be consistent because as soon as you let it go, the weeds come back. As soon as you're not putting that effort into your social media and you're not engaging on a daily basis or, you know, every couple of days and you're not being present and consistent, then it's really quickly, the algorithm starts to dislike you. And so it really does pay dividends to kind of be consistent in what you do, whether that be in business or in life or in your garden. So do you always try to, um, to match the, your experience with some kind of business uh, outcome or, or, or kind of like a business setting? So you just mentioned now about the weeding, uh, weeding out certain things. Um, it's like in a business would you do that? I mean, is, is, that, what, is that what you do in, in your content? Um, I like to completely mix it up. So sometimes I will do, I will share an analogy like that. Mm -hmm. um, other times it is, it might be something thought provoking. So it could be something that's happened to me. Other times I'll share personal content because I, I'm a big believer in trying to break taboos and stuff as well. Um, and I know that it can help others. And I've had that feedback. Um, and other times it's just fun content, but something else I've been doing as well is the past month or so I've been sharing about once a week about a product-based business that doesn't use LinkedIn and it's an independent product-based business because I strongly believe as well that product-based businesses can do well on LinkedIn. But again, there's this massive um, opinion that LinkedIn is for corporates, for job seekers, and products will never do very well. So I'm trying to, in my own crusade, uh, try to prove people wrong by saying, hey, you know, this is something that you should really be thinking about. Instagram's this crowded marketplace. Jump over to LinkedIn and you can actually really stand out because what you do is so different from a lot of other people. Yeah, that's very, very true. It, it got me thinking about this because, you know, exactly what people are not doing on a LinkedIn, then you're going to stand out, right? Like all around 
around you is a lot of noise and then you know all people they do the b2b stuff and the corporate exactly. things and all that and then suddenly you have a product so it's fantastic perhaps uh, you will really stand out right exactly exactly and it's so important you know the first week i shared um, a small business that i've got to know um and they make cards they design and make cards and i was like can i uh, guinea pig you can i just post about you you know and they had people signing up to their newsletter they had people buying their cards and it was because they're so different so I'm starting to work with this person to kind of help them in what they need to do in terms of pushing forward with their LinkedIn because I believe it's this fantastic opportunity and well why wouldn't you? Hmm. Louisa how how can we be different on LinkedIn? I think, and again, I know it's really cliche to say it, but I think it's about not being scared to be yourself. And by that, I mean by showing some personality, getting to know people, building those relationships with people. So, you know, I have made some really, really good friends on LinkedIn. Um, and a lot of my business has come from LinkedIn as inbound leads because I've not been afraid to be me. So people have got a sense of what my personality is like. They might hate me, they might love me, they might find me in between. And I'm fine with that because we don't want to be liked by everyone, right? You know, it's good to kind of create those conversations. But I think that the reason it's been a good platform for me is just, as I say, by showing my values, not on purpose, but just because I am being me. And it's by supporting people and people feel they can trust me because of the advice that I've shared. You know, the amount of times I'll get like a, a direct message from someone saying, oh, can I just ask you just this one quick question about what do you think of this? I know because of something that you posted about or like I was saying before, I've shared about personal experiences as articles on LinkedIn. And again, it's led to deeper conversations with people and it's helped them. So I think that has been for me, what has worked. And I think the more people start to feel comfortable themselves by not necessarily sharing personal information, but just by showing their own characteristics, what they enjoy, you know, it doesn't have to be all business, 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 and be very formal. It can be much more relaxed. It can be fun. It's like, you know, I think back to the times when I worked in an office and the most random conversations I used to have with people, People love that on LinkedIn, you know, and it just lightens the mood a little bit. And if people don't want to get involved in that content, they'll move on to the next person. And it's so easy to kind of find what content you like, what content you don't like and where to go from there. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> when you're talking about about this um, <laughs> personal versus corporate content, I, I always um, think about this, all these C-level managers I had a discussion with and they always saying like, no, I'm not going to share anything personal because it doesn't suit me. It isn't, you know, it's not, it's not um, something I want to put out there. Um, yeah. what, what, do you, what do you think about that? And how do you, how do you overcome these barriers? Um, you know, because I think it's, it, is, it is not correct. Uh, I don't know what's your, what's your opinion about this. No, no, I completely agree. There's someone that I've become good friends with. She was a client about two years ago and it was her that first said to me, it's really difficult to take off that corporate mask um, because you get used to this talking in a certain way and what you can say and what you can't say. And I feel like it's about taking those little steps. So, you know, if you don't feel comfortable to talk or to share your own posts and content about your own personal stuff, or, you know, there's a certain barrier between that. When you see posts from other people, if something resonates, join in that conversation, you know, make that first step. Um, I had it where another client was saying about, um, she'd had this, um, she was organizing a birthday party for, I think it was for her granny's 80th and she'd forgotten to order the cake and just about kind of what happened. And I said, share that on LinkedIn <laughs> because, you know, it just makes you relatable and reminds people that we are all human. Errors do occur. You know, you don't have to be this, perfect robotic person that's not going to attract people to you but then getting to know your personality that's what's key so okay talking about a granny's birthday missing her cake or forgetting to order her cake that's not you know a disaster that's not too much personal information but it just builds that character and shows what you're like and you can talk about you know what you did to kind of overcome that if you wanted to or you know it depends on what sort of level you want to go into 
Is there any kind of ratio? Um, what would you suggest between you know sharing more of these personal things towards um, uh, compared to compared to um, the the business like uh, post? I wouldn't say so. I'd say that it depends on you personally as to what you feel is appropriate for your business. So you know if you feel that actually you don't want to don't know why but you don't want to seem too personable you want to kind of have that layer then don't post stuff that often like personal content as much you know not everyone might want to see you with your young child um going for a walk or taking your dog for a walk because it can seem a little bit monotonous just to kind of see all that content and after all we don't know who actually gets to see our content and who doesn't um yes it's nice but when you kind of repeatedly see the same content you'll forget what they actually do for a business. So it's all about that balance of, you know, don't post, you can post daily if you want to about what you're doing in your day, but maybe use LinkedIn stories for that. Right. And I think, I think again, we're back to the story, right? Like uh, the story should be, uh, you know, some value, you know, value driven or at least, at least uh, Absolutely. maybe, maybe something like what you mentioned about, about your, your weeding, weeding garden, yeah. like a, something like this, which, um, and I've re- I've read a lot of lot of nice uh, nice stories which are kind of personal but uh, connected with your with your business or uh, there's some uh, there's something uh, coming out of it. That's, uh, and that's I think, the, sorry, sorry, I was going to say I think that's so easy to do as well. I think it's so easy to kind of make those personal stories link to your business. It's something that I've done a lot of, and people say, "How do you do that?" And I'm like, "You just have to think about it. Just twist it around." So you know, like I say weeding the garden it takes time it takes effort especially after not doing anything over the winter but if you leave your business and you just let it just dwindle on you know your business is flying ah you don't need to market it and then your clients leave you oh you're starting from bottom again so it's using those kind of analogies again which can work really nicely well, maybe it's easy for you, but I, I see a lot of, and I meet a lot of people for, for them, it's really, really, really difficult, yeah, because, um, you know, to finding these little links between what you do and how it relates to your business, actually, that's that's not that easy, and I wanted to ask, you know, is there anything, you know, how how I can or how we can, you know, link these things together, or what, what do you, how do you do that? See, this is why the six months period comes well, <laughs> because when people actually get in touch with me and we're talking about the stories, it works nicely because when someone tells me something, my brain is automatically going into the, oh, that could be that. And for me, you're right. You know, for me, it just comes naturally. But for lots of people, it doesn't. I'm like, how? how do you do that? But it's, it's almost taking a step back and thinking about, OK, if you've experienced something, right, well, I'm sure I'm not the only person to have experienced that. So do I want to make it so it does have that linkage to business or do I just want to make it personal? So, you know, I've spoken before about the fact that my son is uh, waiting for his diagnosis to say that he's on the autism spectrum. And I've shared like little snippets about that before. but then I've also linked it back to, so I shared one, a picture where he was doing jigsaws um, and his routine for doing jigsaws is to just start, dive straight in and to look at the pictures where he wants to start. He doesn't look at the lid, he just, he just does it. Whereas, you know, I think for me, I was brought up with that you do the edges first mm-hmm. and then you do it all like that. So my post on LinkedIn was about, okay, what's your approach to business? Do you dive straight in or do you you know, really plan it out, what's your approach? And it was just interesting to get those conversations started because most people were saying that actually they do the same, they start at the edges, then do the middle bits. Whereas I was saying that it's quite an eye-opener for me because my son obviously views the world in a different way to me and doing it his way, in some ways, it's a little bit more efficient because I'm not then taking time to put two piles together, you know, the middle, the edges, and it just became into that business conversation. So it's taking that step back and it's thinking about, okay, how could that be linked to, you know, our professional lives? Is there a link? If there isn't, you can still post about it because it just gets people thinking and it becomes thought-provoking content. And if you don't know how to do it, it was a very smooth transition. You can always um, uh, go to Louisa and we'll teach you how to do that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, 
Luisa, um, you working with uh, with a lot of business owners, a lot of a lot of companies, and you helping them uh, with uh, their LinkedIn LinkedIn presence. What do you see as the main obstacle, main barrier, main uh, problem they they trying to overcome? Or what what they what they're faced with? Um, content creation. Oh. <laughs> uh, so knowing where to start often it's it's that they they'll just throw something together and it will be that they don't know what to post because they have this fear again it comes back to that you know it's a cv corporate platform it's salesy uh i don't post this don't post that so it's about helping them to understand you know what's going to work for them so um i was reviewing someone's content on friday and it was like block text, you know, these huge paragraphs. And I was kind of saying, for me, if I saw that, quite honestly, I just scroll straight past because for me, it's not visually appealing. So it's about helping people to understand what works, what doesn't work, making tiny adjustments sometimes just to, you know, making more white space, for example, but not in a clickbaity way, but just in a more appealing way to want to encourage someone to want to read the content. Mm -hmm. What about emojis? Um, yeah, I I use them sometimes when I think to use them, but I, I'm not an overuser of them, but I will throw them in there because it can lighten the, the context a little bit and make it feel a little bit less stuffy. I think it all depends on what the post is about as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is there any, uh, do you have any rules on how the text should look like? I know that you mentioned that, um, you know, there should be some more white spaces and all that. I can see that sometimes some people, and I'm using it actually, actually as well, I'm trying it uh, to use as well, um, to have every every sentence on one, uh, you know, like a, always a sentence and then another sentence, so kind of like a break it down. So so it's kind of more digestible, the text. Would would that be your, your advice as well? Yeah, um, I... I would say like maybe one, two sentences together. I don't actively think about it. It's more about when you look at it and you think, okay, well, if I was reading it, would I would be would I be taking a break in between each, you know, does that make sense to work that way? So sometimes it might be one sentence and then a space, or it might be two sentences, depending on how long the sentences are, um, and then a break. It just depends on how it flows. Um, because sometimes when it's just that massive paragraph, um it it just is a bit overload you know people just want to be able to skim read and think okay yeah 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 got that it's a bit off-putting right like when you see yeah. the big block of text and um you always feel like at the school back in the school you know with this you know studying something, you <laughs> yeah know, you don't want to do that exactly uh, exactly <laughs> um what about what about from from this perspective what about um what do you think what do you advise people with the about section because i think that sometimes i see also the you know big block of text you know not really um not really paragraphed or or in any way like not many not many other, other graphic elements would would you rework that as well yeah sometimes i I get clients to do it themselves because I think it always sounds better in their own words because I'm not a copywriter. Um, but I strongly believe that, again, you almost need to have that hook so that if someone sees like the first three lines, um, that it's going to encourage someone to want to read it. Mm. But it can have emojis in there. You know, it can be a little bit more lighthearted, but you want to sort of tell your story and make people want to find out what's next. Um, and also I always tell people to include a link to their website or their email address because people don't always know where to go and find that information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. We're talking about content still, and uh, I wanted to ask you about form of content. Do you see that um, what works better? Is it text, videos, um, documents, or, or articles, or, or uh, polls, for example? What works for you, or what what would you what would you advise your clients? Um, I always say to mix it up. I'm not a believer in getting caught up with vanity metrics because I think that you could have, I don't know, one like, but if if X number of people have seen it and it's actually the one person that needs to see it, that's what counts. You know, I'm not a massive, oh, I've got this many thousands of followers. You know, for me, it's all about quality over quantity and about appealing to the right people. So if you're talking the language that you need to, to attract your clients and it's working and people are coming to you and they're having conversations. Um, I think that's what's important. So 
I'll share a video. I know the views might be not that great for it, but I don't care because it's an opportunity for people to get to see what I like. I look like in person. Yes, you've got my photo there, but to be animated, what I sound like, and to get a vibe of of me, you know. And then documents, you can go that bit next level, um, so a bit deeper. Uh, pictures, again, you know, some people prefer visuals. Some people prefer text. So I always advise clients mix up your content because different people uh, get attracted to different types of content. So don't worry too much on the vanity metrics. Think about uh, mixing it up always. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's always about testing, right? Like on the social media, you, you, exactly. you, keep, you keep doing that. Like um, you need to test, uh, see what works, uh, see what your audience um, is relating to and engage, engaging with. So, and then, then you can, you can do that. Um, you know, what always strike me that um, when, when I'm, when I'm reading some of, uh, some of the, um, you know, uh, the, the experiments which people do, especially around the, you know, analytics and all that yeah. uh, text only posts apparently do really well. Not for me. I mean, what, what's your experience with the text only posts? They work best for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I probably do more text only posts than other content because I know it works really well for me, but I will still, I always say that. And then I look through my content. I'm like, oh, image, 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 document, <laughs> image, video. Um, but text only does usually perform well for me. But then, you know, it, it always surprises me when people message me to say something about something I've shared and they never content, uh, comment on my content, but it shows that they're absorbing what I have to say. Awesome. What about polls? What about LinkedIn polls? I, I think they're quite interesting, interesting addition. I mean, they re, re, reintroduced, uh, I, think, I think around this time last year um, by LinkedIn again, uh, LinkedIn polls. Uh, do you use it? And, um, and you know, what are your experiences with LinkedIn polls? I've never do, done one. Oh. I don't like them. <laughs> Um, so I find them quite clickbaity in some ways. Um, I what I tend to do instead is I will just ask the questions in my post, and I usually get good answers from those if I really want to ask a poll. Um, whereas I felt like when they were first launched, everyone was doing polls, and you'd scroll down as like poll, 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 and it just started to feel a little bit spammy. So as of this date, I am yet to do one. Oh, okay. Interesting. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably one of the very few people that hasn't used them. Yeah, something no one knows about you. You never, never used LinkedIn polls. Now everybody knows it. Um, <laughs> and so what about uh, another, another new addition to LinkedIn, LinkedIn Stories? Yeah, I, I do use LinkedIn Stories, but not that often. Um, I actually created a post on this not too long ago to find out what people's views of them are because I I use LinkedIn mainly for my desktop rather than my phone and to be honest I'd started to forget about them because of course they're not available on desktop um, so I decided to post them just to see what the reaction was and the views were quite low so I asked people their views on them and most people were like I'd forgotten about them and I'm seeing lots of people talking about them in posts of saying exactly that people are forgetting about them there. But on the plus side, um, I know that when I have posted um, stories, I do get interaction from people that don't often contact, uh, comment on my content. So they do have their pros. And I have also commented on other people's stories that I never see their content in my feed. So yeah, I've been I've been actually actually trying trying LinkedIn stories for the last um, you know few weeks as well. I mean actually a few months to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm creating them in uh, interestingly in Instagram, so yeah. because because that's the the interface uh, and the graphics and all that is much 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 better. So you can actually yeah. create them in Instagram and then just upload them to to and to LinkedIn. And what I like now that actually you can add um, link to, to yeah. your LinkedIn stories, right? So, so that's, that's uh, kind of interesting. 
I think it'll be good when LinkedIn actually makes it so that the LinkedIn stories have got more features like Instagram. Um, because as you say, the functionality on Instagram is so much better than it is on LinkedIn. LinkedIn still feels a little bit clunky. Um, like this, you can tell it, it's relatively new that they haven't experimented too much with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, because because for us, um, uh, you know, for you, for me, for you know, people like like John and John yeah. and and Jeff Young and all these all these guys out there, uh, you know, we we kind of like a, almost live on on LinkedIn, I, I think. But uh, for the people out there, they always think like, okay, so how much time on earth I should spend on LinkedIn in order for me to be reasonably successful? I would say that it, at the start, if you're kind of brand new to LinkedIn, it's about building up your confidence because I think too often people are scared. So you have to break that barrier and you have to start to find your feet a little bit. You know, I have it with some of the product based businesses that I've been sharing, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, oh, yeah, I need to try this. And I'm like, yeah, but you actually need to spend time. You need to start creating those relationships with people to help to start to get noticed. So my advice is to, I don't put a specific amount of time on there, but enough time to start to make an impact. So to start commenting on people's content, not just people that you're only connected with, but people outside of your connections to start building on those relationships. And then once you've got that confidence and you've, you know you feel you know what you're doing to then start to create your own content and to um keep going from there and it gradually builds up so you know i dread to think how much time i spend on linkedin i don't want to know <laughs> you put a timer on your computer you will see no. <laughs> <laughs> i think that would be a bad idea <laughs> um yeah, that's. Uh, um, do you do you normally advise your client to uh, to allocate certain specific time, for example, morning and evening, or is that is that something a part of of the course which you which you uh, getting them through? So it depends. So yes. So it all depends on the the business, I guess. And I think also LinkedIn has evolved so much over the past year in terms of the people and how they use it. So, you know, I used to always be someone that posted um, in the evening time, um, eight o'clock guaranteed that would be when I posted my content would do really, really well. Um, fast forward to now. And I think because people are working from home and their lives have changed so much, the way they use it is totally different. So I can post something in the evenings and it might do well, it might not. Um, I was just experimenting. I was saying to John Asperian that um, I was digging back through a lot of my old content from, say, the past, from about two years ago, and the engagement that I was to receive and how I can post it now and how it's a very different platform from what it was back then. Um, so what I usually say to clients is that experiment with when you're posting, when you're getting involved, because I think you can start to see trends as to what's working and what's not. So, you know, I often see that, people that I engage with or that will engage in my content and that potentially people that might want to work with me are on say um, around 10 o'clock in the morning now um, or they're at, they might be on in the evening but it just varies so much more because of homeschooling so it'll be interesting to see what happens when a lot of the kids go back to school next mm -hmm. week and parents get back into that new routine again. Mm -hmm. um Luisa, do you still feel that uh, LinkedIn is a big window of opportunity for business owners? Yes, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. I, I love LinkedIn. I can talk about it all day. Um, I think that there are so many opportunities out there and I don't think it matters whatever your business is. I think that if you find your feet and you figure out what works for you and you can come across as being a little bit different in terms of not quirky but just in the way that you present your content the way you engage the way you build the, those relationships I think you know there are so many opportunities so you know um, as I mentioned I've gained friends I've gained work I've gained like I've been on numerous podcasts like yours thank you very much you know and it's all from spending time and nurturing those relationships um awesome uh, I think we could carry on for, for many more hours, I guess. Um, I, 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 I'm going to draw the line somewhere. But before, before we go, I would like to ask you, um, what, um, what do you think that uh, um, holds 
what what the future holds for LinkedIn in in the near future? What do you think? What do you what, what would you predict will happen within LinkedIn with the 2020 in 2021? I think that it from the people that use it within the UK, I think that it's going to be an interesting to see what happens later on in the year when normality starts to return because I think in terms of the way that people as I meant just mentioned you know the way that people have been using the platform has evolved massively over the past year and I think from a user perspective that will be interesting just to see okay what how do people now use it but I I also reckon that you know isn't LinkedIn bringing out the new equivalent of the freelancers job market uh, you know so it'll be interesting to see how that feeds into it I've heard on different platforms a bit of negativity about it um, but it will also be interesting to see if LinkedIn decides to evolve on LinkedIn stories because as mentioned I don't think that people are using it effectively mm-hmm. and I'm going to guess that LinkedIn are probably a little bit disappointed I think in the UK people aren't using it very well um, but I've heard from people say in America that are using it and it has been really good for their business so it will be interesting to see what developments are made from their side. Okay and imagine that we're going to have this discussion uh, in one year time where you want to be. Ah. Where do you want want to be? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well I'm hoping that um, you know I have made some quite recently um, some changes to my LinkedIn program so I'm constantly evolving and looking at what works what doesn't work Um, I'm also bringing out new services myself um, which aren't just LinkedIn related so I'm hoping that my business is going to continue to fly Oh, absolutely fantastic. Great. <laughs> and, and we wish you so. Um, uh, Luisa, before we go, I would like to ask you, just uh, tell us where can we find more about you and uh, where would you send um, our, our listeners today? LinkedIn, of course. So if you look for Luisa Van Vessem um, or my, I know that's often quite difficult and people spell my name incorrectly. So my username on LinkedIn is Workflow Virtual, which is a little bit easier to spell and remember. Um, I can also be found on Instagram, on Facebook and Twitter using Workflow Virtual. Um, And my new website is hopefully, once I've sorted out my technical issues, going to be launching this week. And that's uh, workflowvirtual.com. Awesome. Luisa, it was absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much for your time and for your wisdom, for all the all the you know advice and tips which you gave us today. And uh, I hope to see you um, in the near future on our LinkedIn Smart Podcast again. No, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. As you said, I could talk about LinkedIn all day. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.